You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because, like Socrates, we did a poor job of choosing our own punishment. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, a man who, like Robert Durst, I have incriminating recordings of that may eventually be his undoing. (laughs) Benedict, what was your favorite obscure sport of the Olympics this year. Ooh, uh, good Did you, question. I, I should have asked first. I have no idea. We haven't texted at all about the Olympics, yeah. other than the few times your team's lost and I rubbed it in your face. Uh, excuse me. You... My team is America <laughs> these days. Uh, technically, still both. Isn't yeah, it? that's true. Uh, so but... actually, I won. My country has won even more gold medals than your country. So fuck, fuck you, you gamed the system. Uh, <laughs> But how much Olympics have you been watching? Uh, oh, I was on vacation for the first week, so I would like mm-hmm. I would watch it occasionally, like if I was in the apartment while it was on, and yep. then like I just it's like one of those things I have on in the background, like I don't pay a huge amount of attention to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially like I, I just I ever since we got crowds back at live sporting events, I can't deal with sports that don't have crowds. <laughs> what? It's the camera isn't facing the crowd. No, but it still does an atmosphere there. Like it's oh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't. The, matter. the athletes I, feed off it, you know. Yeah, fine. I think the the most I watched, uh, like you know, for a significant period of time, was during the bar exam in my hotel <laughs> that room. Sounds right. Because I just had to have something on in the background, and then you know when I was done, I just I just sat in the hotel room, <laughs> watching Olympics. Fair enough. Because uh, cable. Uh, but better, anyways, obscure sport. From the Olympics, you enjoyed the I'm, most. I'm always partial to a dressage, otherwise known as... Oh, God. As, as I watched like 15 minutes of that, and it just reminded me, fuck Mitt Romney. Yeah, because my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my country, my f- former, current current former i whatever. don't know whatever is that the national sport we're is very, we're very we're, well we send all our minor royals to do it they're like you'll never be king it's fine if you have a horse accident and then uh yeah so that's fun um and what then else there are other there? royals who we just wish would have a horse yeah. accident it's uh well um that fucking baby that's the one i'm talking about <laughs> okay <laughs> And then let me think. What else? What else is good? I like the rock climbing as a an introduction. Like I didn't first, see any okay, of that. I had like, no idea that was even in the Olympics. Speed rock climbing. It's a new thing. What? Yeah, that actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it, I'd, I'd be totally is. into that. Um, I always kind of like the gun sports too, where they're just like they miss one thing and then they're like, oh no, my day is <laughs> oh, ruined. Oh, out of the Olympics! Yeah, God exactly. damn it! Like, like someone else whoever they're against shoots like 40 targets in a row and they're like well i missed once out of 40 times and here i am (laughs) 
So I like those ones. What about you? What's your what's your Uh I found a few that I I really enjoyed that I had never seen before. I didn't even know were Olympic sports. One was this kayak thing. Oh, I love the kayak thing. thing. Yeah, where they go down the rapids. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and there was like all these these gates they had to pass through. It was it was it was just like a video game. That's what it was. It's just a video game, but in real life, that's that's basically all it was. That's fun. Uh, and then uh, I think the other ones, I loved surfing. That was a lot of fun oh, to watch. Cool, and then yeah. that, yeah, that American girl won. Also, there was that 13 year old kid who won uh, skateboarding. Or yeah, something. they were all like, young. What the all, fuck? The, all the skateboarders were young. That was crazy to me. That made no. You're 13. You're not supposed to be at the Olympics. Also, they you're just a, fell a over. Be- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, I, I not to slight the skateboard children, but. <laughs> Um, they just fell over all the time and then they were look, like 10 I, out I of 10 ne- and you were like was it a 10 out of 10 though or was it like a nine look i was never the skateboard kid growing up i was the kid on the bike mm. uh you know riding slowly next to all my friends on skateboards mm. because i had no talent for skateboarding Fair enough. but uh, i could tell you that it looked to me like they they knew what they were doing at least i've watched some x games i, mean, I know sure what's going what on there doing, yeah oh the other one the other sport that i i really thought was was amazing and i desperately want to play handball i had i had no idea handball was a thing oh handball is like it, a huge thing in europe yeah it looks like a thing that a gym teacher made up because they lost uh, the equipment room key and they just had to make do with what they had. Everyone it's, forgot. It's, everyone forgot their cleats that day for soccer, yeah, exactly. so they were just like, just throw the ball. Oh, it's the same. Yeah, just with your hands. It's just with your hands, and there's a circle you can't go inside. It looks like so much fun. It does. Yeah. I, really I I've play played it. it. I played it in France one time, and it is, oh, it is a awesome. lot of fun. Well, anyways, Benedict, that's. That's all the fun stuff for t- That's today. That's not true. I'm going to have a hot take in a second. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this I week? I do. It's that canned fruit is a ripoff and a scam. What? You should just buy buy about? real fruit. It's it's so expensive oh. to buy. Okay, maybe not canned fruit. Maybe canned fruit is the wrong word. But like, Are you talking pre- about like fruit cups? Yeah, like pre-prepared fruit that comes in plastic. Mm-hmm. A, it's bad yeah. for the environment. Yes, B, do it's that. like twice the price. Like I bought a pineapple today and it was like $3. And then they had the pre-cut pineapple and it was like $9. And it's for yeah. less less pineapple. It's a I scam. Wouldn't, I wouldn't buy Americans, that. Americans are lazy and they should get with the program but let and me tell cut you- their own I, I pineapple are you kidding huge lover of canned foods canned fine Can, I'm, yeah, I'm on I, board I, with canned i, I miss i buy a lot of canned, canned stuff because it lasts a long time mm. and then i if i just you know if i don't have something fresh i can go to the canned and i don't Fair have enough. to go to the grocery store whatever people are really be. into canned fish these days yeah not so much not so much it's my weird. taste i like I, loads of people on twitter are just like oh yeah i bought some canned fish today here are my sardines on toast like what <laughs> when did this become I mean, popular tuna I'll do tuna every now and tuna, then, but salmon. Can't just sardines. Yeah, and, like people uh, eating no. like canned clams. I'm like, is it worth it? I, I, really? I've never like, gotten canned salmon either. That's always a weird canned one for me. Canned I just fine. don't. Ah, just weird. It's ah. fine. It's fine. Anyway, uh, not canned, but pre-packaged fruit is, uh, okay. is is a scam and a ripoff. I say as I stare at the pineapple that is standing <laughs> proudly behind my computer. As always, it's like what you used to do. I used to look around the room for a hot take. <laughs> Yeah, but now my desk is no longer in my living room yeah. slash kitchen. It's actually in my bedroom now, so I can't do that as much. No, friend, I so, all right, so what, what's your pre-written hot take for this week, then? My hot take, Benedict, is that we, and by we, I mean all of us who, who engage in politics mm-hmm. and things, need to stop blaming everything but ourselves. Uh, you Can I blame little... specifically you? 
yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, well, there was a little uh, election, a little primary the other day in Ohio. Um, and the immediate reaction with everyone who I agree with politically was, this is all because of blah, 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 blah. It's all blah, blah, blah. It's everything except the fact that we didn't convince people in Ohio, which is a relatively conservative state, that they need to vote for our preferred candidate over the mainstream centrist Democrat who is more aligned with their actual political views, most likely. No, but it's actually that all the polls are fake and it's all money. It's all about money coming from all these other, you know, cor corporations. That's what it is. Okay. That's what there, I heard. There was a That's what I heard all fucking day. There was a lot of money that poured into that race. You know, and, and, and I've said this to you before. I don't know if I've ever really talked about it on the show. I am firmly in the camp of money doesn't fucking matter in primaries, except to the extent that you're an unknown candidate and money gives you the ability to make your name known. Once you're known, money has a much less, a much lower effect mm. on a fucking primary race <laughs> than it otherwise would. And uh, that's just the, the school I, I belong to, uh, you know, from my studies in political science and undergrad at Berkeley. That's just sort of the, the thought process I mm. formed uh, because of, you know, readings I did and studies. And that, that's where I belong on that front. In a primary, it doesn't fucking matter. My, my sense is that it might matter more if it's spent on negative ads, though, which it was. Look, Benedict, you keep wanting to pull this over there. And I'm going to tell you again. Ohio is a relatively conservative yeah, fucking but, uh, state. Among Democrats? And, and even? the know. job is for us to convince those people that they actually should be voting for the candidate we think is better, not to complain about what everyone else did. Mm -hmm. That's the job. And I'm fucking no, tired of it. it is, I'm really it is fucking right. tired of it because this happens every fucking time a progressive candidate loses. We blame everything except the fact that we didn't go out and do enough or that maybe it's just not the right time. Yeah, maybe we need to wait for things to shift a little bit and for those voters to become a little bit more progressive themselves. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's going to take sustained effort by us over time, convincing them on national, no, state, does. and local no, levels right. through all of our efforts. And we need to fucking do that and stop complaining about it. That's right. That's fair. I mean, it, it, it takes a grassroots movement, it does, to, to win progressive elections. It just does. Um, I think people are I'm, allowed to blow off steam, though, for a week or two. I think it, Yeah, it, I think you can blow off steam, but I, I, I would, here's the thing. You know my past, and my, I, I was in that heavy right-wing circle, and I see in our side, when they do these things, the same things I see in you know, bullshit Republican perennial candidates who ah, even though I only got 5% of the vote, it's all because they cheated. Mm -hmm. It's all I'm screaming that everyone cheated is the bullshit part to me that I get angry about mm -hmm. that because it's 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 just it makes me think we're becoming them and I don't want to fucking become them because I was them. I'm no longer them and I never want to be them again. That's that's what makes me angry. About okay, it. that's fair. I'm with you. <laughs> I see I shouted you down. You did. I don't want to have a, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I've gone into. You can talk about it. You no, want. I've you got, can talk about I've, Benedict. I've, I'm I've, sorry. I'm sorry. I've gone I didn't into. Mean to be angry I, I, at I've you. shut down. I'm no longer having this conversation. Oh, no. We'll just have to move on. That's fine. Oh no. <laughs> well, in that case, Benedict, why don't we move on to housekeeping? Something I know you love. Uh, remember, of course, rate and review us on iTunes, and you can uh, go over to patreoncom myGBC, become a patron, give us a couple bucks. And, uh, you know, extra episodes and, and fun stuff uh, entered to win. I don't remember what I'm supposed Something. to say here. Anyways, there follow are, us there on are social perks. media. They're listed. They're enumerated. There are perks. There are perks. Uh, follow us on social media, of course, at uh, NYGBCPod on Twitter. 
Uh, and uh, I should say that you know Benedict, uh, he's getting a little older these days. That's true. He's, he's uh, undeniable he's an old man. Now. That's the he's that's 30. where the truth of the story ends. He's thirty years old, and you know when you get a little up there, you start worrying a little bit more about your waistline. We're in a little bit more about staying I, in I'm shape. I'm actually in great shape. Thank you very and, much. And, and shut the fuck up, Benedict. And anyway, so he was, uh, the other day, he went to the store and he needed to, he needed to buy a bathroom scale. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys. He wants to make sure that they work uh-huh. before he takes it home. So he pulled it out of the box, set it down on the floor, uh, stepped on it, and it read, Fat ass, you don't have enough stars on iTunes. And that just ruined Benedict's day and his self-esteem and made him run home and cry in the arms of his wife, which was, I had to hear about it all later. It's a it was nice a whole cry. terrible thing. <laughs> Every now and then you yeah, gotta have a nice gotta cry, have right? Cry, yeah. But anyways, cry. if you want to help scales, now we're getting into inanimate objects dis- disrespecting you. Sure. Because, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We need more stars. That's that's what it's all about. That's right. Anyways, Benedict. With all that out of the way, this week. It is, of course, an interstitial episode, yep. so we'll be doing the final chapter of Glenn Beck's Arguing with Socialists next week. We are so glad. You realize how long it's taken us to do this fucking book? Way this is the long. longest book review we've ever done. This one's been a fucking nightmare. It has, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was, I was looking over all our episodes the other day, uh, just uh, putting things together, but... Anyways, we're doing the last episode, and and I know we've been on the uh, the John Birch Society stuff for a while now, and my intent was originally to do a final episode of the John Birch Society investigation going over Robert Welch, the founder. Um, and when I started doing that, you know, there's a couple things I ran into that were a bit of an issue. One is I'm still decompressing a little bit from the bar exam. So perhaps a little bit of this is because my... Um, Maybe my motivation wasn't quite there. Oh, I see. Uh, so this is a Lazy Kevin episode. Is that no, it is not. No, yeah. it is not. Other parts of it, though, were that, for one thing, a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about with Robert Welch, I realized we've already touched on mm. in our series about the John Birch Society because the John Birch They're Society is... Linked. <laughs> it, yes, it's a creation of his neuroses. It is uh, very much... I, I talked about it in a couple of the episodes... Scientology-esque in the way that they revere him and follow his words to the T while not changing the ideology so much as adding on to it over time, right? Uh, You know, Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard dies, and, you know, now they have a new level for Tom Cruise to spend $50 million on obtaining or whatever the fuck it is. They're not changing it. They're just adding on a little bit. Um, Like the Book of Mormon. The other part of it... Yeah, sort of like that, exactly. Uh, another part of it is that there's not a whole lot of great video out there of Robert Welch, and some of the really only good stuff that we've seen so far, uh, there, or that there is, we've already seen. Uh, okay. I think the one video where he goes over all the, the plan or whatever is like 10 steps or something like that, yeah, yeah, for yeah. how the socialists are going to take over. That was one of the only real, he's a very fucking boring guy. Yep. He's not very not interesting to listen to. At all. Uh, and there's, you know, it's hard to find a lot of good stuff on him. So I'm still planning on hopingly trying to do a final episode where we cover Robert Welch and close off the John Birch Society stuff. I think the John Birch Society is going to stay in our repertoire of, uh, you know, other material to do for a long time because they're a never-ending font of fantastic nonsense. That's but true. today, on to what we're actually doing today. Benedict, we have spent the most of this year reviewing Glenn Beck's book, Arguing with Socialists. Mm -hmm. And for me, the entire time, it has felt like there's been something missing in that review. 
And I don't know if you're going to be able to guess what it is that I think has been missing. It's something that we've gotten just a teensy bit of. But it is, arguably, I would say, the single most important part of Glenn Beck's entire career. Mm. It is the thing he will be known for when he is long dead and gone. I'm not talking about the Blaze. I'm talking about his three-day screed on Fox News attacking George Soros. Oh, no. This was a three-day special that Glenn Beck put together, which he titled... Puppet Master. Oh, no, that's not a good start. No, 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 no. And I was surprised how little Soros we got in this book. That's the one thing that uh, I think we did a a snippet of this special in one of our episodes early on. Maybe it was the introductory one. But I didn't do a ton of it because I really expected we'd be getting Soros, Soros, Soros throughout this book. Because that's, to me, that's Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is screaming about George Soros more than anybody else. Even Alex Jones, for whom George Soros is another boogeyman, and who I think was on the George Soros tip before Glenn Beck even got on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Glenn Beck is much more associated with the George Soros conspiracy theories more than anybody else. And we got it, right? We got it in uh, Dinesh D'Souza, both in his book and his documentary, I think. Uh, Both documentaries. (laughs) We got uh, the George Soros nonsense put in there. Always, always, always. But I was so I was insanely surprised that we didn't get George Soros that much. I think we had a couple of lines where he was dropped, but we didn't get all that crazy in this book. Mm. So I thought we have to do it. If we're doing Glenn Beck, we have to do the George Soros series that he did on Fox News on his show in 2010 when he was on the network. Uh, And this was uh, November of 20. uh, Yeah, November of 2010 when he put out this series. It was like November 9th or something. Okay. It was three days. We have a bunch of videos here. Uh, Media Matters has them all. They're all over YouTube as well. If you want to watch them, I don't recommend it. But we're going to But gonna we're going to force these. you to listen to them. Because <laughs> well, there I are think, I tend to think I tend to think that we make it entertaining some ways, but, you know, uh, to each their own. So we're going to go through um, for as long as we can handle. And I think this, will pro- you know, this is going to take us several days. It was three days worth of his fucking episodes. We're going to try and go through them in their entirety. Oof. Uh, because I think that's the only way to get the, the true joie de vivre of Glenn Beck. Um, and I should mention that he, at the time, and it is still up on his website, glennbeck.com, he posted his supposed, I guess, bibliography mm. for everything he's claiming about George Soros. And it is a nightmarishly long horrifying list right. of quotes taken out of context and other nonsense that we're going to have to go through at some point. But so this is the first day we're going to be doing this. I don't expect we'll get incredibly deep today because again, this is going to be him introducing this whole series mm. as well. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to dig into this thing and see what we can find. And Benedict, I didn't tell you what we were doing no. before we started today's I episode. I would have I? said no. <laughs> well, Benedict, now you know this is what we're doing, yeah. and I'm super fucking excited. Okay. So why don't we take it away uh, with the introduction, the very beginning of Glenn Beck's series on the puppet master, right, George Soros. America, tonight I ask you to watch this program with an open mind. Oh, no. I ask you to put your partisan differences aside and really listen and then do your own homework. Oh, he always Don't says take this. my word for it. I, I got to say just right off the bat, and I think I mentioned this when we've done clips of him in the past, he has a talent for public speaking. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's a fucking idiot, but he has a talent for public speaking. That's part of what makes him so horrifyingly scary 
is that he knows where to put his inflection mm-hmm. and how to stress things and when to pause. He he has that showmanship down, yeah. and that's fucking horrifying. Yeah, he's a natural sounding speaker. He's not stilted. Research yourself. This is far too important. The topic tonight and tomorrow night, George Soros. There are things that are happening in this country that don't make sense. Yes. Van this Jones being one said of something that bothered me over the summer. I mean, he said a lot of things over the years that have bothered me, but one comment in particular over the summer stuck with me, and it was this. You handle the top down, but it's also bottom up and inside out. Top down, bottom up, and inside out. So now your challenge as you leave here, our challenge, is to take care of that bottom up part and that inside out part, the heart part. That's what scared Glenn Beck yeah. most. I think we've done this before, like a bit yeah. of it at least. Yeah, but now we're getting it again and we're sure. paying more attention, right, Benedict? Yeah, right. Aren't we paying sure. more attention? Yeah, I'm paying attention. <laughs> I paid attention. That's how I knew we'd done it before. But so, for one thing, right, Glenn Beck, I mentioned, right, showmanship, but then he puts on Van Jones, who, regardless of what you think of the guy, is one of the greatest public speakers there is in America today. Like, yeah. you, you don't want to contrast yourself to someone who outclasses you on that level. And I don't understand, because uh, I didn't want, I should mention, I didn't watch these ahead of time, uh, because I watched them back then, in 2010, when I was a right-wing conservative, and I wanted to come at it fresh with you, with Benedict, with fresh eyes and fresh ears and, and see it all as I would all right. for the first time, all brand new. But I can't imagine what about that quote would scare Glenn Beck. No. That is just, he just it's top down, it's bottom up, it's inside out. That's why wow, we're going to He have. was just doing he's gonna, platitudes. He's going to Van, Van Jones was just doing platitudes, but okay, well, let's find out. It's an incredibly out of context quote. I mean, there's, yeah, yes, like, it didn't tell absolutely. us what it was about at all. It meant nothing in that context that he presented it. Yeah. That's not... That bothered me. Because I know who this guy is. He's a communist revolutionary. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I do remember yeah, now yeah, yeah. when we did this episode, when we did this video originally, he's a communist... Rev- Van Jones, Jones. Yep. is a communist revolutionary. Lefty we organizer. About- he's a lefty organizer, but no, he is, I wouldn't but he's say not a communist revolutionary. No. Like, I've known a few communist revolutionaries in my life, right? They hung out around Berkeley, yep. but uh, Van Jones, not exactly one of them. He's a dude wearing a suit and a tie, speaking, and I think he was speaking at some like campaign uh, you know event or something um that's where that clip came from but uh, i have mentioned though right glenn beck despises van jones oh yeah uh one of the one of the things he did or that he thinks he did was get van jones uh to resign from the obama administration uh by bringing up shit from his past like you know it was just semi-radical uh not even that radical for today anymore so anyways we'll continue on i who who pined for the days of Stalin. <laughs> he p- <laughs> okay. Oh, We're never yes. going to make it through this. <laughs> Thank you, Van Jones. Van Jones pined for the days of Stalin. Thank you, Van Jones. That's right. Oh, God. Somebody send Van Jones a Che Guevara t-shirt. That's <laughs> Glenn Beck will lose his fucking mind. The Iron Curtain went down. Something's wrong there. Well, it really bothered me until recently when I started looking into all the George Soros connections and the oh. size and the scope of his reach. Just and introducing that from nowhere. I, I said to you, mm-hmm. read up on George Soros. There's plenty of ways to read about him. These are all books about George Soros. 
many of them written by him. So there's no shortage of information. And so dude's, dude's written a lot of books. And he was, by the way, holding two handfuls of books that he picked up off of his, his yeah. bookshelf. Uh, yeah, that's okay. I guess there's a lot of books about George. Yeah, he's a super rich dude. Also, because people like Glenn keep writing books about yes, him. Yes, yeah, he doesn't show what those books are, but I, I am so interested to know. There has to be at least one batshit conspiracy oh, book in there, right? I'm sure one of them is. Read them, read them. The comment doesn't bother any me. It doesn't bother me anymore. Ooh, I got that flub. Got that flub right in the middle there. No second takes, Glenn. No fucking second takes. Do what they, the fuck was that? Do they? How much do they pre-tape the, like this show? How much would it be pre-taped versus? I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I know that a lot of times they're go. So like they do. Uh, the way Fox News works, as I remember, and from the last time I've watched them, they they record in the early afternoon, and then they replay those same, all the, the primetime shows, they replay them later in the evening. Gotcha. So, like, for the East Coast and then the West Coast audience, right? So, it's like you get Glenn Beck or whoever, I don't know, Sean Hannity at 6 p.m., and then he's on again at 9 p.m., uh-huh. uh, something like that. But I don't know if they're they're actually putting the show out live or if they're pre-recording. Because, I mean, there are other things like uh, Sean Hannity vaping on his show, right? That makes me think it was live. Yeah. That I makes think, me think it was um, live. I think some of the segments are pre-recorded, maybe. But, like, the interviews right. they do live or whatever. Like. But, like, Glenn Beck never covered, like, breaking news, as far no, as I remember. He might have done show, sometimes. Like... Yeah. So, like, he could have pre-recorded the entire show. Anyway, none of it matters. There's no reason for that fucking flub to be in there. That's yeah. the only point. He could have fucking done her second take. That's all what it means and that's why that comment now frightens me oh i will put it into perspective i thought he was fine with the comment i i had completely forgotten about the comment because he went on to the books nothing to do with anything (laughs) so is he gonna tell us what the fucking comment means upside down inside out round you turn me i don't know what the fuck's he gonna tell you it's about is that how that lyric goes i'm pretty sure that's right it's something like that upside i knew what you were doing pull back the curtain and reveal what that actually means and it will terrify you <laughs> there's a couple of other things that you'll understand just First like worms for brains well here's the thing if that's how, you know we talked before about burying the lead yeah um if that's what he's starting with if that's the strongest thing if that's what he's telling his audience once i tell you what that means you're going to be horrified how fucking weak must everything else he's going to present be yeah. there's no way that you could possibly follow that with anything substantial they're just i don't see how it works but we'll get to it soros and a partner funded the new five million dollar liberal group moveon.org okay well moveon.org what what exactly okay first of all five million dollars is not very much money really in the scheme of political donations no, and as I recall, I seem to remember from when we did this video originally, uh, moveon.org, like, George, yeah, he gave $5 million, but, like, eventually, like, there was, like, $100 million that came in, so he's a small portion of that or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways. It's also fair, like, imagine group- Glenn Beck doing this for the Koch brothers for his own funding. Oh, God. Yeah, he would never be able to do that because he'd have to put his own face like, on his chalkboard. And then they gave me, oh, no. <laughs> he'd have to put his own face on his chalkboard. He'd be so screwed that uh, originally called General Petraeus, General Betrayus. Ooh, sick burn, bro! That is, that is a pretty sick burn, to be fair. That is, that is such a hip uh, corporate Twitter account thing to do. Like yeah. a, a hip, a hip like lefty, uh, you know, official Twitter account. That's yeah. exactly yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck it is. It was despicable. Well, who had they tapped 
for the executive director of MoveOn.org. This guy, Zach Exley. Ah, uh, I remember this now. Before. You know who totally he is? Totally remember this. Well, he previously had trained activists for the anarchist group, um. the Ruckus Society. These are the riots in Seattle. Helped orchestrate by this guy. As I recall from looking into this originally, way, he's I mean, like, there might be a part of that Huffington that's true, Post, but he's overblowing it. And, like, yeah. the who gives a shit? Is that overblowing something? He's no. also a fellow with the George Soros Open Society Institute. Open Society. Oh, and by the way, it's just not that phrase that came. George Soros has been following him as he originally funded the Ella Baker Society. So this is the thing, right? We're going to have to talk about this for all these videos we're going to be doing. Uh, George Soros, as we've mentioned, is a billionaire who gives money to fucking everything. Every yeah, fucking... But also, like, in the scheme of things, relatively little money for a billionaire. Well, he's actually given... He's he's not up there with, like, Mackenzie uh, Jobs or anything. Or uh, um, Jobs. Yeah, Mackenzie Jobs? Is that her name? Am I blanking? No, no, no. Mackenzie Bezos. Bezos. That's who it is. But uh, also, Jobs is... Uh, uh, widow uh, gives away a shitload of money but anyways he's not up there but he's like in the top he's on that top list of like philanthropists who give for away progressive, all their shit yeah for progressive yeah yeah donors, yeah i'm saying certainly compared to conservative donors i think he's uh he's relatively small potatoes as compared to the coke foundation and shit yeah. like that i don't know he, he probably if i had to guess he's trying to compete but yeah. here's the thing george soros is not individually selecting and choosing every single recipient of his his money that's no. just it wouldn't he, he wouldn't be able to function on a daily basis if he had to do that he hires people to do this for him and he picks generally progressive causes and he's not following van jones because <laughs> he funded an or you know and, and the reality is probably like you know he gave a grant to that organization that had other sources of funding in addition to that uh that's probably the reality of that but he's yeah. not following van jones he's like he gave a oh, donation this guy. to this give him a hundred thousand dollars but by the way it's a... it's a center for human rights it's yeah. called the the one he's got listed the ella baker center for human rights is what he's complaining about Correct. hey we got to move on or we're never going to get through this we've already seen this video once so we'll we'll try and make through it as fast as we can we haven't seen it all i think we stopped about now and we're like, yeah That's probably that. probably <laughs> or uh the center for human rights and then of course he was on the apollo alliance and then when Ooh, the apollo he got fired from the white house he went to Center for American Progress, which is also funded by George Soros. So this is Van Jones. Yes. Radicals. Yes. Radicals. Oh, the, the Open Society Institute. In case you don't know what this is, don't worry. You will in the next couple of days. <laughs> the Open Society Institute is George Soros's most important group. It is really spectacular. It is his philanthropist arm. Wow. This is where he really he looks for Mother Teresa. <laughs> what? Okay. He if looks you don't know, for Mother Teresa? Yeah, that's a nonsense thing to say. If you don't know what the Open Society Institute is, um, it is, yeah, it, it's a large philanthropy organization. Uh, but its its main goal, as I understand it, the stuff it does, um, it was started back d during the days of the Soviet Union. Um, and Glenn Beck should fucking love the Open Society Institute because its main goal was to provide information, training, and knowledge to dissidents and others yeah, within the Soviet bloc. Yes, a democracy organization. Yes, to help bring down the authoritarian socialists that Glenn thinks that George Soros promotes. It's kind, I, of, in, that, it's kind of in the name, isn't it? It's an open it really society is. rather than a closed society. It really is. We might have to go deep on the Open Society 
society it's because it's, it's going to be i'm sure like one of the main because uh it's where a lot of the money is you know goes through and you know gives a lot of grants and things so i'm sure it's going to be like the center of the web of nonsense that glenn puts up so we might have to go deep on it at some point but let's see where all this goes to give out his precious money and boy did he find mother Teresa. well not exactly he found to head this organization the founder of the violent activist group sds Students the, for <laughs> the violent activist group, SDS, the Students for a Democratic Society, nice. that organization that engaged in civil rights protests in the fucking 60s. Yep. Jesus but were they violent Christ. protests, Kevin? I'm sure there were some violent, uh, uh, you know, stuff that happened. I'm sure there's some violence that happened there. I'm also pretty sure that the guy who was the founder of the SDS in the 60s uh, is now doing some different shit these days, right? Uh, seeing how it was a college student organization, at some point he probably graduated and went on to do Maybe. some stuff, right? Maybe, uh, who knows? Yeah, it, it was like uh, all about uh, participatory democracy was the big thing, was the big phrase for the SDS. And uh, it's... Oh my God, I'm, I'm so happy that he's, he's throwing that in there. I don't know. Let's see what the name of this guy is. For a democratic society, you don't know what they did in the 60s? You will. <laughs> oh, we will. $425 million every single year. The strings that are being pulled by the puppet master. Oh, no. And it's then frankly, out to frankly, commercial break. Frankly incredible that this made it air. It really is. And I don't know. I, I had the impression that back around 2010, you know, that was sort of the height of radicalization. They just cut, cut uh, him loose Until Trump, until Trump I thought that 2010 was the height of right-wing radicalization, right? Because that yeah. was Tea Party Haven. That's when all that happened. So my impression was 2010, which is, you know, this is right when this is, that was like when the, all this craziness was at its peak until what we've seen in more recent days. But somebody at Fox should have said, hey, um, you realize the inherent anti-semitism of smearing um, a holocaust survivor with the very same anti-jewish conspiracies that the nazis used like, yeah probably not great this... you realize that right maybe we should at least choose a different name glenn can we please choose a different name okay i quit you know like i feel like that should have fucking happened along yeah. the way there somewhere but obviously it fucking didn't i don't know there's there's We've talked before. I think if you go back and listen to like uh, the first Glenn, uh, Dinesh D'Souza movie review, we talked a lot about the George yeah, Soros yeah, stuff yeah, because yeah. he was doing the whole. It was in the book, I think. It was in yeah, the, both of them. The first Dinesh book. Because Dinesh was lying about the George Soros stuff. I'm sure we're going to have to talk about it at some point. Uh, George Soros, when he was like 12 or something, like his father gave him to uh, somebody else, a different family who lied about being related to him. It was a Christian family so that he could survive the Holocaust. And then later on, he did a 60 Minutes interview where like all the right-wingers like to take it out of context and pretend he's saying, oh, I loved it. It was a great time. And I was, because he was, uh, the father he was with was going around, his job was to go collect belongings of Jews who had been taken away. And occasionally Soros would have to go with him. And like George Soros talks about how like when I was 12 years old and I was free and I knew that my father loved me and he was doing everything good to protect me. So it was the greatest time of my life. They just take that fucking, it was the greatest his time in my life comment out of context and say he yeah. loved going along to take away jews belongings rah, rah, rah. And it's, it, it's also like he's the, he i think he he has said also that he doesn't feel guilty like he doesn't feel survivor's no. guilt because you can't because it would be too much yeah yeah 
it's so it's it's there's it's horrifying the ways like I I'm not hugely in favor of billionaires, but fucking it's not right to attack George Soros for any of that shit. And you know it, he's yes, not a fucking. Yes, those aren't the re- there are legitimate reasons. Yeah, yeah, there are legitimate reasons. You can talk about shit he's done financially. Be like, ah, he shouldn't have fucking he done that. That's almost bullshit. bankrupted the UK. Yes, I know. Sing- I know. Single-handedly, almost bankrupted <laughs> the UK. So yeah, but and by the way, okay, we're gonna get into all this at some point. I feel like this is gonna be a longer series than I anticipated. In the beginning, it seems we're going to have to do deeper. But so let's try and do one more video today. Okay. Uh, we still have some time left. So uh, this next video is about 15 minutes. So let's try and not pause as much as we did. Okay. All right. All right. Or <laughs> even try and we don't have to get all the way through it. Like, well, we can, yeah, we, yeah. Let's see how far we go. Let's see okay. how crazy this gets in the beginning. Of, I, you know, this okay. is where it's, it should be starting for real, right? This is okay, where it should okay. really let's take off. Let's hopefully. Do it, let's do it, Hello, America. There are a few working parts to a uh, a puppet show. There oh, is okay. So he's got a bunch <laughs> of puppets hanging from the ceiling, uh, and what looks like one of those little puppet stages standing in front of him. This is how did nobody mention the anti-Semitism aspect? How did yeah. fucking nobody you know what's mention? Also that? funny is that he, as the person who is surrounded by puppets, is himself the puppet master. <laughs> Yeah, of this yeah, show. that is true. That is true. It's just the irony lost on Glenn Beck. God damn. Is the uh, the puppet master here? There's the stage. There's the audience. There are the strings. Is the puppet master also a puppet? Puppet. Uh, well, Glenn Beck is the one the holding story. the puppet, so yes. But there's also why. Why is the story? Why is the show happening? What is the puppet master? What is his motivation? Capitalism. Is it for the money? Is it for yeah. entertainment? Is it personal gain? What is it? Make it's no the giant we communist conspiracy. This is a completely garbage analogy. It is, but I have to imagine he's dancing around the fact and trying to avoid having to say that it's the giant international communist conspiracy. Because well, we, we know that's what he believes. Show? Like, what a stupid thing to say. Well, we, we know that Glenn believes that it's the giant international communist conspiracy. Yeah. We, we know he believes that John Birch bullshit. Yeah, but it doesn't make it a less stupid thing to say. No, but I think what, because he's talking about why is the puppet show happening, right? And yeah, so but... that gets back, that's the link to because these people, the elites, or whoever it is, uh, I don't forget what the word was. That was a very John. Alex Jones. I, I did <laughs> unintentionally do that, Alex Jones. <laughs> like I've been listening to a lot of uh, Knowledge Fight lately. By the way, okay. it's a better show than ours. You should go listen to them. I wouldn't feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> Insiders is the one you're looking for. <laughs> Insiders, that's the one. Uh, he believes that shit. So the link is, why is it happening? Because the insiders are trying to get across whatever he's going to say is the conspiracy here, which is, of course, the international giant communist conspiracy. The stage is the world. It's television, it's newspapers, all right, speeches, Shakespeare. it's political elections. It's what's <laughs> and all the world's a stage. And all By the, the way, men and women merely players. Yeah, I, I, fucking I love, looked at Twelfth Night too. I like. fucking love everyone who says that quote like it's a fucking happy thing. It's like, no, that's a fucking terrible moment of that play. Yeah. That's not a great, that's not like a, all the world's a stage. You know, it's, it's like, like, oh, no, it's oh, like. we have no free will. And I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I fucking love that what's happening in Washington. You are the audience. And what? like any good show, this, okay, they do this have is many mixed metaphors. Yeah. I want you to feel something. I I too but want to feel something. That's why I'm watching have... this. Yeah, yeah, what so you're right. He's taking a circuitous route here. I don't know where he's going with it exactly, but we're we're only 
We're less than a minute in. Let's let's let this play for a little bit. And try not to interrupt for a little while. Uh, a hidden meaning behind it. They just want you to laugh. They want you to be entertained. This one, not so much. At the end of the show, you have a choice to make. They want you to get up from your seats. Of course, they have in mind what they are planning on you choosing, and they are just using this stage to try to make the case and convince you of it. It's really propaganda. Um, there's the propaganda well, okay. book here. I'm sorry. Okay. So, is so what is this? <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's so oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. It's, uh, yeah. Oh. That was it's okay. So that was some bullshit trite stage work. It that was so, so fucking... unself-aware. Come on. It's just like, oh, they're showing you this little show to try and convince you that their opinion is the correct one. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, where did I put that propaganda book where it was put by the stage hand so I could <laughs> walk over this? to it and What's this? A plot device? Moment. Oh, who would imagine such a thing? What is this called? Deus Ex... What's that say? Okay. <laughs> is actually from uh, one of uh, deus ex Dushina. i think that's the one no yep um wilson's nasty nasty guys this this is the book that i've told you before on propaganda that hitler used um goebbels i just want to show you in propaganda this is d He's now this is yelling nazi words mm -hmm. d democracy is administered by the intelligent minority who know how to regiment and guide the masses that's great this is edward bernays let me give you the whole... Okay, Edward Bernays, if I recall, is the guy who did the cigarette ad thing with women walking around smoking cigarettes to try and make them popular. Is that the guy? I have no idea. I feel like I remember that that's the guy uh, who ended up tricking everyone into smoking and killing uh, <laughs> millions of people. Of people. Yeah, uh, hold on, now I have to know. Okay, for someone who said we we're going to try not to interrupt, you've just interrupted with a completely stupid fact. <laughs> Edward Bernays. Yes, he was the guy. He okay. did the the Torches of Freedom feminist smoking campaign oh. where he had women walk around and called them freedom torches. That's who this guy is. Sure. Um, does he think we're a big fan of this guy? No. Again, not my guy. Yeah. Trust me, uh, pal, not that guy. All right. Full quote here. He says, the conscience and intelligent manipulation of organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in a dem democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government. An invisible government, maybe almost a shadow government. Remember that. Ooh, I love that stretch from invisible to shadow government, mm. making it sound even scarier, this I thing mean... that doesn't exist. I know I'm always the person that does this, but that's a perfectly reasonable point that Benes is making. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I haven't read this book that he's talking about, but it's a, uh, like, I always assume whenever one of the right-wingers that we're reading uh, quotes somebody, that I always assume that they're taking it out of context or well, leaving an important even part that. out. I mean, he, or, 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 all he's saying is that the, the media sets public opinion, which is yeah. true. Yeah, and that's it, it's saying. what it's what Glenn Beck's trying to do with this show. Again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, of course. Which is the true ruling power of our country? Do we have a shadow government? No. <laughs> answer it now. Remember how you answer it. I, I will. Answer it again. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I did. I answered it again. Yeah, Still no, Glenn. No, I remember Still how you answered no. it. <laughs> today's show and tomorrow's show oh okay 
The question is, do we have a shadow government? No. And if Third we do, time. who are those intelligent minority that is that is guiding us through? Does he think it, it's like <laughs> the other kind of minority? To? Does he think it, it means if you skip past all the of people the he doesn't like and the strings? <laughs> if you stop looking at the puppets themselves, you have to see who's behind the puppets. Who is choosing the puppets and the players? He's just playing with puppets now. Puppet He's just playing with puppets on stage. George Soros. Now, I am sure that this will be called a conspiracy theory. And quite honestly, a year ago, two years ago, I wouldn't have believed it myself. No, so you but it is wouldn't. right out in the open. Okay, we know uh, you, you have not read the book that I gave you on Glenn Beck yeah. yet. I know that. Um, but I know from reading that book, uh, which is incredible, Alexander Zaychik's uh, Common Nonsense, which you should totally check out. Uh, I know that by this point in Glenn Beck's career, he absolutely was on the conspiracy theory track. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so uh, him saying, oh, I would have thought it was just a conspiracy. That's such that's such absolute bullshit. The thing I love about all these conspiracies every time is they're like, only I was yes. smart enough to uncover this massive international conspiracy that was so secretive that has been kept secret for hundreds of years until I, Glenn Beck, came along <laughs> and discovered a paper trail. Well, that's a very common trend with conspiracy oh, no, I know, theories. I know, you I remember know. in our review of None Dare Call It Conspiracy, yeah, yeah, no, how I, many, I'm which we're doing with it as a trend. By the way, if you want to hear our review of that, you can go listen to it on a patron-only bonus episode. We're doing None Dare Call It Conspiracy that, uh, by Gary Allen, and it's, it's great stuff. But a bunch of times in that book, he said repeatedly, now, I didn't believe any of this stuff until I started looking into it. And that's why I ended up writing this book in the first it's place. I, I actually set out to prove this stuff wrong. That's, that's, that's what, what I was do. doing. And then I found that it was irrefutable. Like, yes. Okay, dude. Like, yes. Come on. This is the do your own research COVID shit all over. <laughs> Absolutely. I encourage you, do not take my word for this. Do your own research and don't go to conspiracy websites. <laughs> I don't, come on. Exactly what you said. Exactly what you fucking said. We could do this like a, a script writing by numbers. I could do this. We I could literally <laughs> write one of these. You could mad lib this rant out, yeah. Go to his own books. Go to the biographies written about Look, him. this motherfucker is so well cocky that he's writing about his massive international <laughs> conspiracy in his own autobiography. Well, that's the crazy thing. Well, okay, it's all the crazy thing. But yeah, here's no, the thing. Is that's that the crazy thing. All the conspiracy theorists always claim that everything that proves their conspiracy is true, it's all out in the open, man. It's all right there. They're not even hiding it. It's all, you just read the documents. You read the white papers. You read the, you know, it's in the WikiLeaks, all that kind of shit, right? It's all mm. out there. And if you actually go and look at any of the things they claim, say these things, of course they don't, or they don't exist, or whatever the case might be. But they always claim that. And it does strike me as weird that, like, so you think they're smart enough to rule the entire world, but not... Not to, to hide it from not you. Not to just refrain from saying that they run the entire world. I think just every every person is a Bond villain yes. in these people's heads. Just like, no, Mr. Bond, let me explain my entire plan to you in great detail so that only you know and no, only you no, can Mr. stop. Bond. I expect you to learn that I have given $5 million to think tank that Van Jones works for. Now, you might say I could have bought weapons of my own and fermented civil war, but I thought it was more effective. This isn't George Soros, this is a Bond villain, by the way. <laughs> He's I Hungarian. You, you don't have yeah. a good Hungarian accent. No. I thought more effective to, instead of buying weapons, to slowly ferment, not revolution, but <laughs> incremental change in society. If the Fabian society was a Bond villain. <laughs> 
Well, have you ever heard of the the the? Have you the heard punic of my friend wars? Ed Balls? Have you have heard, you of, heard Ed of Ed Balls? Hannibal <laughs> and the Punic Wars. <laughs> okay, we gotta continue. No, I'm I'm creating a new character on the All spot. Right. All right. It's my 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 incrementalist Bond villain. First, we get five hundred thousand people to follow on Twitter. Then we are allowed to follow more people. <laughs> then we break the algorithm so Twitter starts to recommend us, and then we get slowly, incrementally, one percent more followers For every day until everybody follow us. If we spend twenty dollars a month on Twitter ads, we can increase reach by forty percent. <laughs> God damn it. So, creating characters. I've got progressive Ben, woke Ben Shapiro, (laughs) and incrementalist Russian Bond villain now. Accuracy. We have all of the materials that put this show together at glenbeck.com and in my free email newsletter. I want you to see the photo. Oh, his free email newsletter. Do not take anything I say. Not even on Substack. What the fuck? (laughs) You know it'd be on Substack now. Yeah. No, he's not allowed on Substack. He wouldn't go. He would. He'd it'd be on the Blaze, the fucking site oh, nobody yeah, goes I to. A hundred percent. Oh man, I didn't mean to click on that Twitter link. The website. Mm-hmm. Shit. As gospel tonight, I want you to decide for yourself. I want you to question. We with will. Boldness. Is George Soros a man who says yes? You will be perfect, and you will be perfect. Is he really a puppet master? No. And if he is, how does he control? How does he control? Well. Let's start with this. Is Let's just money? take a is couple it, of examples it? here yeah. on what George Soros has said and then see if there's any connection to anything. Soros spoke at Columbia University. He talked about an urgent need for campaign finance reform. Uh-huh. I want you to remember, questioning our elections is important to George Soros. You'll understand in about 20 minutes. Ooh, ooh, questioning our elections is important to George Soros. I think the implication there is that questioning it, sh- the it shouldn't bad. be questioned. So. Nice little, nice little 360 for over a decade. <laughs> nice little flash forward. Well, he wanted to have uh, campaign finance reform. He thought it was important. He spoke at Columbia University about it. Well, Open Society, his, his little group, Open Society, started by the guy with SDS, it was one of only a handful of groups who spent $123 million to push finance reform. Okay, how is that nefarious? It's exactly. Not. It's also like... I don't think we should be allowed to do this anymore. That's literally is the argument. Like, that's, just, that's just literally okay. Uh, so uh, Soros said he wanted a thing, and then he took steps to try and get that thing. Yeah, that's, but the, se- the steps even were contradictory to the thing. I think is, is, but like, as in, like he doesn't want to be allowed to put that much money into the elections. Sure, sure. I, I well, here's, I don't think. Uh, I think what he's talking about there is like Soros. Uh, that money from Open Society, it probably went to like you know organizing groups and lobbying efforts and this, that, and the other. Probably you know holding various events or fund endowing. I don't know. Sometimes they endow a chair at a university to study a particular issue, shit like that. That's true. I have no idea where all that money went, but there, there's just nothing there that sounds nefarious in the slightest to me. Soros quote said. Do something about the distortion of our electoral pro- uh, process. Ooh, another stumble through. That up. Yep. The excessive use of TV advertising. So yeah. he wanted. This is why Glenn Beck is mad. This is why, because that's where his fucking bread gets buttered. TV yeah. advertising. That's exactly why Glenn Beck is mad about this. 
Karen. And I think at this time, he was fucking, he had no fucking advertisers. I think before this, he had basically lost all his fucking advertisers. If it didn't before. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember when all that started ha- happening for him, but he had a lot of problems with advertisers throughout his entire tenure on Fox News. Yeah. Wanted to make sure that lies couldn't distort things. Well, it wasn't long after that speech at Columbia University that, lo and behold, Senator Russ Feingold, a progressive, and a few months later uh, with um, uh, John McCain, a Republican progressive. Excuse me. Go fuck yourself. Excuse me. Go fuck yourself so hard. That's such horse shit. God damn it. Republican progressive. Ah, yes, the Teddy Roosevelt of our time. I'm sure what he's about to say here is that, like, they introduced a bill for campaign finance reform. Um, it that should, is exactly what they're going to uh, say. Yeah, yeah, the, the McCain-Feingold thing. Uh, but it should be mentioned that basically a bill for campaign finance reform gets introduced every single Congress. Like, yep. it's just constant. Came with a proposal in hand for what would eventually become the McCain-Feingold Act. The irony, if it is is that McCain-Feingold ultimately led to the explosion of 501c3 groups, which can advertise mm. at will. Yeah, they fucked up. 501c3 yeah. groups. Hmm. Oh, 501c3 groups. Oh, my God. So you about like to say? Sojourners, or Color for Change, or the Tides Foundation, or Media Matters, or People for the American Wait. Way, or MoveOn.org, is, Center for American Progress, the Alliance. Is his uh, connection... Is his re- connection really that all Soros gives money, charitable donations to 501c3s, which are generally yeah, I, the proper recipients of charitable also, donations? Also, like he's like, oh, uh, Soros gave a speech, and then months later, some senators unrelatedly <laughs> did something that was along the same lines of the speech, which is a thing that's yeah. advocated for all the time. He did not establish any connection there between no connection. Soros, Soros like, trying to get John campaign McCain by his was form. in the audience. Like, <laughs> nothing even. And then, okay, is he going to argue, I'm, I'm curious, is he going to argue that because Soros is heavily involved in charity, this was all a machination to make there be more 501c3s? Is that no, what this I, is? I, I think he's going to say, I think what he's going to say is private companies were prohibited and then Soros already had the infrastructure with all the charities to influence elections and what he was trying to do was stop private companies from influencing mm, elections. Mm, that's I a much that's more logical chain. Let's see if he goes there. Apollo Alliance, Eller Saker for Human Rights. You mean those things? You see, we had the McCain-Feingold Act and then mysteriously, almost Unbeknownst to everyone, those groups became very powerful, much more powerful. And get- you ever even heard of the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights? I'd never heard of, I, of this. I fucking know. Of course. I mean, Media Matters. That's where I'm on right now. So yeah. yeah, I've heard of Media Matters. They all became intensely powerful. No, it's the fucking internet age, dude. That's what fucking. If anything, that's where a lot of these organizations fucking grew. Jesus yeah. Christ. And guess who controls most of the controls. most powerful? Yeah, that is that is the thing, right? Is he's insinuating that because Soros's organizations have donated to these, that they control them? Well, it's which that, is it's that not thing true. that we say all the time of like seeing the worst of yourselves in the other side, right? Because I'm sure he he feels controlled by some of the money that he gets. 
Sure, I'm sure that's true, but I think generally... Listen, it, it probably is true that people are beholden to their donors, at least yeah. to some... Oh, to yeah, some a lot of... Them. You know, if somebody's giving you money... And here, there's, so there's a m- number of ways how that happens, right? For one thing, if someone gives you money, it can be conditioned upon you using it for a particular purpose or in a certain way or whatever. The other one, obviously, if someone's a very large donor, uh, then, you know, you want to keep them happy and do the things that they want. Uh, and that doesn't usually extend to them saying, here's what you're going to do, now do it. It's like, okay, when we make our decisions, will this upset that big donor, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. it's not, generally that's how it happens. Uh, but I, this is all just, you know, we saw the leap. We saw the giant leap in logic there that oh, he made yeah. from one to the other. It's, it's nonsense. George Soros. George Soros in the aftermath of 9-11 talked about police oh, yeah. action as an alternative to war. Now, did anybody pick up on that? This is what he said. War is a false and misleading metaphor in the context of combating terrorism. Crimes require police work, not military action. George. There are, by the way, on the quote he's displaying, a bunch of ellipses. A yeah. bunch, of, bunch of ellipses I'm in sure. there. And yeah. is this Glenn Beck defending the Iraq War? I don't know. I don't remember where Glenn Beck was on the Iraq War. Oh, this is 2010. Uh, the Iraq if... War was going pretty badly. Right? Yeah, I don't know where he was in 2010. I, I'm not sure, because uh, that's a while after. I know that immediately, you know, when it started, obviously he's rah-rah on, the, on, the, on board. I don't remember where he... I, I think he flipped somewhere um, on the Iraq War, but I'm not By the way, sure. I was looking back at some of the old, like, Iraq War propaganda. There was some wild stuff out yeah. there for a while. <laughs> Welcome to America, my friend. <laughs> We should look back at some point at some hey, of the Iraq War. Hey, you want to do a reverse episode where you present shit to me? I'm down. <sighs> I'm all down. George Soros. Here he is, the Democratic candidate for president, adopting crimes require police work, not military action positions. What we've learned yeah, is stuff that gets the war on terror is John much Kerry? more of an intelligence operation. And a law enforcement operation. The war on terror is far less of a military operation. So a bunch of people had of similar ideas. Great. Law yeah. enforcement operation. But of course, because Soros and that's what we have now, know, had similar ideas, it's all starts they're, George they're Soros. controlled by him. Days after President Obama was elected, George Soros again set the agenda. He said, quote, I think we need a large stimulus package which will provide funds for state and oh, local government on. to maintain. As if okay. everyone wasn't saying that at the time. There was just Absolutely. a huge global recession and everyone's like well what do we do i like most people said we need a stimulus package you fucking idiot <laughs> that is a, a a massive distortion to pretend in any way that that idea came from george soros like yeah, you can do the ridiculous. pick anyone around the time right pick, pick any fucking economist and you can say well he set the agenda and you'd have the pick same level of connection year old me going <laughs> seems like they should probably give him some money like i'd like on. some money money please let's do it yeah yep their budgets because they are not allowed by the Constitution to run a deficit. For such a program to be successful, the federal government would need to provide hundreds of billions of dollars. In addition, yeah. another infrastructure program is necessary. In total, the cost would be between 300 and 600 billion dollar range. Well, what was on Obama's, the first thing on his agenda? The 787 billion dollar stimulus bill. Gee, I remember Again, that's this. just lazy and connection. I remember saying there. at the time, just, who wrote this? It was too complex. It was too early in his. Oh yeah, that's right. The Apollo Alliance. Where does the Apollo Alliance come from? The Tides Foundation. 
And where does the Tides oh. Foundation get a lot of their funding? I can't. George. Kevin. So he's claiming that this group called the Apollo Alliance wrote the stimulus bill and they're controlled by the Tides, uh, Tides, whatever, His Tides Foundation. Is which is legislation was written too quickly. Which again, and that's suspicious. Yes. And, and the Tides Foundation got money from George Soros at some point. So uh, bing, bang, boom, we found a bullshit non-connection there like okay i don't know if any of that is true because again i'm watching this at first blush uh i might for the next time we go back to these videos look at it in the interim and find out if any of this is true um if, if, that. right there are a lot of times like non-governmental organizations write handle a lot of the bill writing work because it's complicated and they have expertise and stuff i wouldn't be surprised if an outside Thing, like wrote the first draft of the bill uh, but it most definitely is not the final draft that was passed because no. that went through all the rounds of Congress so yeah this this is uh, some bullshit some bullshit Soros Soros also heavily promotes green jobs and cap and trade Ugh. also days after Obama was elected he called for a new energy bill I think this is a great opportunity to financially deal with global yeah, warming and energy independence. Yeah. The U.S. needs a cap-and-trade system with the auctioning of license for emissions rights. I would use the revenues from these auctions to launch a new environmentally friendly energy policy that would be yet another federal program that could help us overcome the current It's stagnation. wild that like a, a finance CEO says things like this and Glenn Beck drools. <laughs> and know. is like, oh, the wise financial people telling us how we should run the country we should elect them president and then like a billion like Soros should be the kind of person that they are like falling over themselves to praise should be but he's on the wrong side of every one of the uh well basically i can't think of an issue that george soros is on the same side as them because george soros is one of those billionaires who's like please tax me more right he's one of those fucking guys uh, which, yeah, I don't know, think he's on a tax me all the way more. He's but. he's not on a tax me to death uh, tip, but, you know, he's definitely somebody who's like, yeah, you, I could take the taxation, tax me more. Uh, but like he's, you know, I can't think of anything he would agree with Glenn Beck on, but he is <laughs> like he's a billionaire and he's a wealthy guy. And unlike people like Donald Trump, who fucking, you know, took daddy's money and failed his way to the top, um, he actually like. He's kind of a financial genius. Uh, that's that's why yeah, he almost bankrupted the UK. <laughs> so yeah. he actually knows what he's talking he, about. Uh, he weird. just shorted the pound for people that don't know. It's yeah. called Black Tuesday. Because yeah. he and thought, because he, like, he rightly thought that things were going to go badly in the UK, and and they did. took advantage. So yeah, they did. Yep. Well, Congress introduced, but you stood up. You said, uh, "I don't think so." Uh, that's why the we audience didn't started to revolt. Had nothing to do with Glenn Beck lying to people failed. about it, so they'd go and now, yell crazy things Freedom in Congress. Now, Information Act, yeah. we find out that the Department of Energy and the EPA actually coordinated their response to damning reports on green jobs from Spain with the help of George Soros and his Center for American Progress. Okay. He couldn't it's find a, it on the chalkboard. He had to look around with his pointer to figure out where it was. It's a think tank. <laughs> think tanks help. Yes. Yes. And that's uh, what they're for. <laughs> yep, yep. That that's Kevin. I, this is so painful. It's How not nefarious. It's video? not nefarious at all. Uh, we are at about nine minutes in right now. It's a fifteen-minute video. Can oh, you make on, it a few more? Yeah, I can. We'll make try it. We'll try and stay keep, keep quiet and, and make it through as fast as we can. Which gets their funding from here. 
But so, by the way, like he keeps saying, they get their funding from like they've gotten grants from. They've gotten grants from most of these organizations. He's bringing up. I think I remember looking up when we did the first video the first time. Like most of them get the vast majority of their budgets from other sources. Like it's Mm -hmm. not. It's not even majority Soros. So it's it's fucking bullshit. He's just fucking lying about it. George Soros. Here it is, December 9th, 2004. Um, also, there was um, uh, this piece of information. Um, this guy, where is uh, Eli? He's doing it again. Eli, um, <laughs> he can't freezer. find him. There he is. He headed the... Sur- okay, so he was looking for this guy on his chalkboards where he has all of his actual photos taped up. He couldn't mm-hmm. find him, so the producer put a photo of him on the screen behind him. Anyway, right. there he is. <laughs> Wait, who is great. it? I missed it. Uh, this is the uh, the guy. This is the very first guy he brought up who we've talked about in the past. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, who was uh, training people for that anarchist group. Sure, sure, That's sure. that guy. Okay. The Soros group, the front group, moveon.pack. Excuse me. Now, okay. Uh, moveon.org, we're all pretty much aware with. Apparently, it's a front group, uh, and there's uh, it has a pack called moveon.pack. Uh, and so that's not what unusual. we're going to get to here. Nope, not unusual at all. He and, won- like, if Republicans are going to fucking play the mega, pa- the super PAC game, like, we have to as well. Like, it's just yeah. unavoidable. I was an upset that Kerry lost. Why? He explained this in an email. This is important that you understand. Quote, in the last year, grassroots contributors like us gave more than $300 million to the Kerry campaign and the DNC and proved that the party doesn't need corporate cash to be competitive. Yeah. It's now our party. We bought it. We own it. And we're going to take it back. How is any of that fucking nefarious? Yeah, not nefarious. That I can hear those words coming out of fucking Glenn Beck's mouth and him being proud of them. I can imagine yeah. him saying exactly that same thing. I yeah. don't know. But it's, because it's, it's the other side, we bought it. Because they used figurative language that we can take as literal and say, ah, it, it's such horseshit. That is yeah. such horseshit. Do you understand what just happened? George yeah. Soros. Communism. You're a liar. Got rid of all of the corporate money through McCain-Feingold. Why is this a bad Which thing? then allowed all the 501c3s. I told you he was going to say this, by the way. To come yep. in. This one might help. And this one might help. And this one might help. He's playing and with puppets again. all the 501c3s now make the party lift their hands. The money is the string. They control everything. They tell the party what to do. You've been watching a show. You think the Democrats are still Democrats? He's, They're not. He's literally They're mad not. here that it's no longer the corporations are who are telling yeah. the party the what to do. is the puppet organizations. You know, I don't know. This is the Musicians Union, and maybe this is SCIU and the AFL-CIO. Oh, it's because they're all unions. That's why he's mad about it. Of course. And ACORN. Their job oh, on stage acorn. Wow. is uh-huh. to create an illusion of a big, dramatic movement that is happening. A grassroots. You know how Nancy Pelosi is always saying, oh, that's a grassroots, and that's AstroTurf, right? That's supposed to be a Pelosi impersonation? Yep. It sounded more like a Muppet. It sounded more like a Muppet. Oh, that's a grassroots. <laughs> they're, they're doing something on the stage, and they're getting you to believe something. But it's all part of the show. The second kind of puppet is an individual puppet. It could be John Kerry. Uh, it could be Van Jones. 
Could be Andy Stern, Richard There's Trump. There's a bit of Tucker Carlson Perhaps in this President scene. Obama. Yeah. Have you ever wondered who's at the other end of a BlackBerry? No president has ever had that. That was a security risk. Why did we? Wait, what? is he mad? I He's think mad that mad that, that, that Obama, Obama had, had a BlackBerry. BlackBerry. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine, imagine how much how mad he was about Trump's secret iPhone. Oh man, yeah, imagine how pissed off he must be about that. Oh, by the way, uh, all of, Mo you know, because Move On is a 501c3, um, their financial records are available and you can Public. go look at them. And yep. uh, yeah, that's, I think what he's going to be arguing here is that it's actually just funneling Soros money to the Democratic Party. But you can Whatever, go man. see that they actually do raise the grassroots donations that they claim are what they're raising. So anyways, Glenn, Glenn, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to say exactly what I said. Did we spend so much money? Who does he need to talk to? Who does he need to see texts from? Who's writing the damn speeches in the teleprompter everywhere? What? <laughs> John Favreau? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. There Is the implication two... that like he has a secret BlackBerry? Like a I think BBM that's the implication. I, I really think. Soros. I really think the implication is he has a secret BlackBerry so that George Soros can text him his speeches. <laughs> that's all I was able to pull out of whatever the fuck Glenn just said. <laughs> that's so funny. Do you remember BBM BlackBerry Messenger? That, that's oh, why he no. used to have a BlackBerry. I never had a BlackBerry, so okay, I, I don't well, know anything like about a, it. It was like a specific thing. So it's like iMessage, but just for okay. Blackberries. So it was, so I'm in my head is like, oh, he had to have a BlackBerry because George Soros also had a BlackBerry and it was the only way that they could communicate via BBM and George could send him his It's speeches. like when you have an iPhone and somebody with a Samsung text you, you don't want that fucking green message. Yeah, you don't want I'm that sorry. shit. I'm yeah, sorry. you asshole. <laughs> Storylines. If you... If you would come to a show, there's always two storylines, and you'll see it in, in different movies about stages and stage performers. I don't think Glenn knows anything about I, plays or stages or stage performers. Two storylines? What, story what is he talking about? I think he's saying like there's there's like a play within a play sometimes. Like if it's a movie about a, a stage play, then like it's you get the backstage view of the actors preparing and then you see what's Maybe. actually happening on the stage as well. I don't That's know. what I took from that. I don't know. I don't Carry know. on, play it. Even Moulin Rouge is just a favorite uh, movie of my okay. family. Okay. Yeah. Glad Moulin he's extremely Rouge. horny for Moulin Rouge. Yes, he would like Moulin Rouge, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Two stories. There is what's happening on stage and then there's the one Behind. Okay, but he said that's with every stage play. That doesn't. Yes, that's true in Moulin Rouge because it's about performers. Yeah, but... that's what I mean. I think that's what he meant. I think when, okay, when we're fine. looking at like I'm just, the he just said something yeah. stupid. Whatever. <laughs> Color me okay. shocked. the stage. It's not true about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wasn't any double lines in in Iron Man. That wasn't happening. One story. One story in Iron Man. You don't ever see what's happening behind. But the story that they're telling on stage and but they're in Moulin Rouge, out, which is a great know, stage, but I should mention, you should all go see Moulin Rouge. spend more money to stimulate the economy. Lots no, of no, almost we need more government intervention. Those evil rich people Why is won't Kermit spend their money. in Obama's cabinet? <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kermit the Frog, I am the... <laughs> Labor secretary for the Obama administration. Uh, Glenn Beck does not have a talent for voices. We should, no. we should, he's not like you with your gifted impersonations. Uh, Glenn Beck does not quite have that level of skill. That's, no. that's what he's dealing with. He's making yeah. the best with what he's got. Storyline. But how much of it is real? How much of it is orchestrated? 
Well, there's only one way to find out that answer. And that is you have to look behind the curtain. Yeah. This, this program, I'm getting major, believers, you know, you reinventing the wheel the vibes here. Yeah, it's, country it's definitely this last couple of minutes. Is and like we've shown it to you in their own words. Dragging out a metaphor it's, that doesn't it, need well, to be explained. Well, it's, it's also we just one of those ones where it's like, okay, I did the intro the and then... Um, for rhetorical effects, I'm going to do the conclusion and make it the same as the intro. I'm just imagining this is him looking at the countdown until the commercial break, and he's just trying to drag it out, drag it out. He went too quickly. He spoke too fast earlier. Now he's just, come on, give me that fucking red light. I want to go smoke. That's what he's doing. And they thought they were behind the curtain. They didn't expect you to see these words, words from even the president of the United States. <sighs> I happen to be a proponent of a single-payer universal health care plan. A single-payer health care plan. Universal health care plan. That's what I'd like to see. He's at AFL-CIO. That wasn't part of the storyline. It wasn't supposed to be revealed. That was behind what? the curtain. He was talking... So it's just uh, a he, private he, speech. To the he, yeah, he, he played a, a clip of Obama giving a speech to the AFL-CIO, which I guess because it's a 501c3, it, uh, it's, I don't know, it's probably gotten a couple grand from Soros at some point in the past. So it's controlled by him. So now that's part of the story. That's I guess I guess I don't know. Sure. Talking to the AFL-CIO behind the scenes over the next couple of nights, we'll do our best to give you a complete tour of the show, The Puppets. The money strings, the storylines, behind the stage, everything. Not just the parts they want you to see. And again, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to read all of this oh yourself. All of the links and information and additional reading material will be available at glennbeck.com. Also, in my free email newsletter, you can oh sign up God. for it there. Heaven, also, we have put it on the <laughs> I want that free email newsletter. I want a copy of that Soros free email today. newsletter. <laughs> and also, amazing stories about violence. From MSNBC, we have a commentator last night saying that um, we wonder if there should be a revolution. Of course, he's uh, saying now, of course, the answer is yes, and maybe even a violent revolution. It's an amazing, it's amazing. This is in the midst of the Tea Party, yeah. literal, um, like, violent you know what you're looking for. This isn't a conspiracy. That oh, by the way, uh, yeah, again, flip forward 10 years, you got your violent revolution, yeah. Glenn. There you, you, go, got you got it. it. You're just, you know, you were all incompetent, so you didn't fucking pull it off. But, you know. It's on MSNBC. It's all out in the open. I believe you take a man at his word. And George Soros has publicly dedicated his life to this. He has even said he's willing to die for what he believes in. Here he is. In Everyone the that I am engaged in, I'm actually willing to put my life at, at, at risk, and I think it's, it makes me feel uh, much more uh, complete. Well, you complete right. me, George. Um, I'm willing to put my life at stake. He has the courage of his convictions. Jesus Christ. Fucking Glenn Beck. I'm willing to put my life at stake. What? What are you risking? Your shitty fucking internet web TV channel going out of business and you still having millions of dollars? That, that's it. That's all he's fucking... Like, Jesus Christ. That's, that's so pathetic to me. When someone, when your enemy says, I'm willing to put my life at risk, and Glenn goes, well, I'm willing to put mine at risk, so yeah. I probably shouldn't my have played your clip first. Your I, I should have said that before I played your clip. Should have said it yeah. before I played your clip. All right, we got like a minute left. Let's just get through it. In America, it's what you believe in. But what is it that he believes in? He has tens of billions of dollars all flowing in, pulling strings. His tentacles are everywhere. 
tentacles. What is he going through all of this yep, trouble for? More anti-Semitic Im imagery? Well, globalization. George Soros believes, uh, quote, globalization. The main obstacle the of a stable and just world order is the United States. Let that sink in for a minute. I have to imagine the main that obstacle quote is to a stable incredibly just out of world context. order is the United States. Yeah. We'll pick it up. And also, next, pretty much true. Uh, yeah. Also, pretty much true. So that's where he finally heads to commercial break. We have made it through the first two videos in our God. review of Glenn Beck's anti-Semitic screed, Puppet Master. Um, Not let's... great. How much Not do you hate great. me right now? <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. This is Not rough. Great. I this might just is not rough. show up for the next one. You can do it on your so, own. <laughs> so I know I said uh, that I wasn't going to, you know, I, I wanted to look at all these all fresh. But now having done the first one, I think uh, for future reviews of these, because, you know, it's three days. I think there's a total of like eight videos around 10, 15 minutes each. Um, you know, in between each commercial break, uh, I'm probably going to have to do some research. I'm probably going to have to watch the videos ahead of time, look into the bullshit he's saying so that we can properly, uh, refute the nonsense rather than me just saying, no, nah, he's, he's probably making it up. He's probably full of shit, right? <laughs> Doesn't sound <laughs> it right. Might, it might turn out better that way. So. Yeah, no, that was I mean, I think, I, well, you know, whatever. I thought it was fine. But so you get what I'm saying. This is such a huge part of the Glenn Vec, uh, Glenn oh, yeah, Beck yeah. repertoire. The, uh, uh, yeah. You can't understand him uh, or where his, I don't think you can understand where his career has gone since 2010 without knowing no. about this. No, you know, going from a primetime Fox News show that I think was the most popular on the channel to uh, starting up a bullshit web channel that he thought would be far more successful than it actually is. Uh, mm. and is nowhere near his former audience. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes back to this, because this is where he let his freak flag fly. Uh, he came out Sorry, swinging hard. Like, again. Uh, no, he let his freak, his freak flag fly. Freak flag fly. He came out swinging with the conspiracy bullshit, and this is, I think, led him to where he is today in a lot of ways, because this mm -hmm. is not... Uh, acceptable in society, especially yeah, when we get deeper great. into the anti-Semitic dog whistles he's throwing out throughout this yeah, whole fucking thing. So not good, not great stuff. But anyways, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC, become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. And I should say, we are going to be doing another chapter of our review of None Dare Call It Conspiracy for patrons only coming soon. Uh, I know we took a break last month because of the bar exam. We didn't have a patron only review. I hope you all forgive us. We're going to be coming back course we'll do more patron only bonus stuff forever and forever and forever uh but uh patron only episode shout outs on the show drawings to win our copies the books we read and more and as always we have to give a shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons but it Good appears night. that patreon uh which is where my list of all our patrons are is uh not working and uh you know who you are uh, yeah we'll give you an extra special shout out on the next show apologies to our patrons for uh, not being able to do that. I don't know why Patreon is not working, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fixed by the time we do the next episode. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, Hulk smash. Goodbye. Goodbye.
The Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.